So we've been saying that wellness and learning go hand in hand for years, and now it seems like y'all finally believe us. It's certainly a trend in the space, so let's dive in with our learning and wellness guru, Dr. Lauren Hodges, on this back to tank of a Learning Geeks episode starting now. Nice. (laughs) There we go. So in case you're wondering, we were all just discussing, do we work a Star Wars reference into every episode? And the answer is pretty much yes. So I decided I'd start right in the cold open. (laughs) Well done. And a a back to tank for the uninitiated is what they they put you in to heal you in Star Wars. Very good. Lauren Hodges, welcome. And do you (laughs) wish you had a back to tank in your home studio? I really do. It's great to be here, though. So good to see you all again. Good to have you back with us, Lauren. So, Lauren, like like I said, it, it's true, is I noticed the last couple of conferences that I've gone to, there's been way more presentations or just discussion from the stage about topics relating to overall wellness and the connection to learning, or, or even just the idea that a L&D department in a company is caring about the physical health and the mental health of their employees, of the people they serve, and not just you know getting them to learn new skills and knowledge. So are you, are you starting to see that? If so, I bet that's good for you. Absolutely. Definitely starting to see that. I was actually looking back, and the last time that we met was October 2019. I mean, so little did uh, we know. Time flies. <laughs> Yeah. And just, you know, right after that, obviously the world really shifted and changed. And with that came just a significant surge, at least in my experience and and in my business of this need for discussion around well-being. But also I think companies started to realize there was not just the mental health aspect that was important, but how does that intersect with our ability to show up and do our jobs effectively and sustain that kind of high performance during really challenging times, change, storms, you know, all of those things. So yeah, I've definitely seen more and more of those conversations. In fact, I was just having this conversation on a walk today with a friend of mine who works in in J&J, Johnson & Johnson, in their learning um, department is, is this intersection between these two areas, wellness and learning. So actually, we should go back because I realized I just dived in assuming that everybody knew who you were because we <laughs> yeah, talk fairly frequently. <laughs> let's, let's roll back the time just a little bit. Lauren, would you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? <laughs> <laughs> this is the way, right? This is the way. Yeah. supposed too. to be doing Good. Hey, Good I got one. <laughs> yes. So yeah, let me back up. My, my name is Dr. Lauren Hodges. I am a human performance wellness and, you know, stress expert. And I work in this field of really just like the best job ever. I, I, I look at and interpret uh, research in human performance, well-being sciences, and, and I get to create meaningful learning experiences out of them and help people identify actionable, meaningful, kind of realistic strategies that they can implement in their daily life to show up at their best, who they want to be personally and professionally, and also sustain high performance so it's good for, for business too. So that is what I do in a nutshell <laughs> for the past 15 years anyway. And you've had a lot going on even in the last three years. Right. So you want to talk a little bit what's has changed even the last three years from uh, not only a LinkedIn course, but you've also have your your new uh, your new company and many other things that you've done. You want to share some of that? 
Yeah, maybe a sweeping overview. It's been a busy last few few years. One of the the major things I think is um, did start a company in December of 2019. So the timing was interesting, and it's called Performance on Purpose. It's a coaching and training company in this space. Um, we saw significant growth actually through the pandemic. There was that call and need for support in this area of resilience and stress, mental health support and was able to really take a deeper dive into the science of stress and came out with a really cool LinkedIn course just recently last November on stress personalities and the science behind the idea that we don't all show up the same under stressful, negative, stressful experiences. And and knowing that is really important and valuable and, and how we can intervene on that. So in a nutshell, that's what I've been doing for the past year. Now I'm writing a book on the subject with a publisher really excited for what's to come. So back to the, so the LinkedIn course, did that come up through demand from what you were seeing or was that something you just wanted to do? How did that came to be? I'm just very interested because I mean, the, the course was, was great and I'm sure hopefully we can talk about some of the process later on, but how did that come to be? That came to be through a wonderful friend of mine who is also in my field. She's a wonderful speaker. Her name is Karen Allen, and she works in mindset and mindfulness and well-being. She connected me with LinkedIn. She thought this idea that I had for a course would be worthwhile. So, you know, the rest is history. It connected with someone there. She loved the idea. We we actually shot... Um, on site here locally with me. Normally they would take you out to California and, and, and produce your course with you, but it's very cool because you co-create the course. So you're, you're in charge of the outline and the scripting and all that. And because of my learning background and curriculum design background, of course, that was right up my alley. Um, so that part was really fun. So we, we co-created, we shot it in a hybrid version. They brought a producer down to me in Florida and, and it, it's done really, really well. I actually just noticed yesterday that about 25,000 people have taken it. I think, wow. That, yeah, which is very humbling. I think that the topic is the need though. I don't think there's anything special about me or that, or, you know, how we designed it per se. I think it's really just people are just, this is a, this is a hot topic. We're all experiencing a lot these days. And I think we were all looking for resources on how to best manage that. Lauren, when companies are coming to you, what is it that's motivating them to, to come and, and ask you to help them with wellness and learning? Are there some drivers that uh, you see over and over again? Are there business reasons or what, what is it that causes that uh, connection to be made? I think they're coming for different reasons. Some of the time, the company is going through some sort of transition or change. Um, most recently, it would be redefining the workspace back to work. It looks different, you know, mm-hmm. and so they're wanting to support their employees through that change. Uh, some of them are coming because they want to support, you know, their employees all the way from the top down in general health and well-being and looking for ways and resources and tools and courses to do that. And then I think some of them are recognizing a little bit more deeply the relationship between somebody's well-being and their literal ability to perform at a high potential and sustain that. And so now we're talking about things like burnout and engagement and attrition rates and, and how do we keep people well, because we know it's a business imperative too. And so I think some of the more forward thinking companies will hire us because of both. They want to support and they, they care about their employees, but they also realize that there is a, um, <clears throat> a little bit of a science 
to it and a, and a business imperative behind it. So, so what is the connection between wellness and learning? So, I mean, we could dive really deep into the brain science here, which I know you would love yeah, to let's do. do you're, you're, you're nerdy like me. <laughs> <laughs> you knew where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, gosh, there are just so many studies that, that look at different areas of the brain and how they are impacted by the way that we take care of ourselves, you know, at the, at the very minimal, let's look at stress, for example, when you're in a fight or flight state, you're not engaging the parts of the brain that are really going to fire on all cylinders when it comes to sustained attention, focus, decision making, <laughs> creativity, resilience, you know, all of those things. Although there are a couple of interesting studies that have found that acute stressors can actually temporarily improve focus for a little while. Hmm. And, and if you are able to manage those acute stressors, then you can actually make better decisions under pressure over time if you train. So the, the best example is there's a nice new craze out for cold showers, you know, taking a freezing cold shower and then trying to think critically while you're doing it or jump in an ice bath. That's an example of an acute stressor that can actually over time improve focus. But then there are other, of course, studies that have long validated that chronic negative stress and repeated experiences of that can, you know, can um, can impact negatively impact focus, attention, decision making, resilience, et cetera, et cetera. So as a learning professional, knowing the right amount of stress for yourself, but also for the people you're trying to teach and how much of that quote unquote training stress do you put on them is just one area of wellness and learning that has intersections. But I mean, gosh, think about it, you know, how focused and engaged and purposeful are you on three, four hours of sleep and skipping a breakfast versus getting this eight hours of blissful, uninterrupted sleep and a wholesome, healthy breakfast, you know? And so that's just another area. Um, one other area that I personally am really interested in is, is why we are not as kind of a collective, why do we have this maybe limiting perspective that being on and being productive all day um, is the only way to be productive? Why do we assume that letting your mind wander and rest and, and going for walks, it, that's, that's where we tap into our creativity and innovation. We, we solve problems there when we walk away from them, yet we don't build that into our day strategically as individuals as teams as organizations we actually have this perception that that's not productive time so another area of wellness and learning that i love to teach about i actually just recorded a session for atd on that very subject for the conference because i care about that quite a bit when you worked on some things with us the way we kind of packaged the we call them learning accelerators so there's core learning things but then we talked about four learning accelerators you alluded to three of them but the package we put together was stress, nutrition, sleep, and exercise. And uh, there's, as you pointed out, there's great science behind each one of those and their contribution to having your brain and your cognitive processes functioning at their best when you're trying to learn something new. So that, yeah. that to me, that's just a nice way to package those things as ex learning accelerators. You can have all kinds of other things in place. But if you're not hitting those four things, you can be missing out on optimal learning. Sure. I mean, look at 
look at exercise in general. You know, when you're doing weight training consistently, for example, there have been several studies that have shown that the hippocampus grows in size by as much as 16%. And so we're talking about the hippocampus being this hub for memory <laughs> and learning. There's a, there's a way to go upstream. And like you said, to your point, I love the term learning accelerators, just one way. And, and meditation, regular meditation practice can do the same, um, as well as stimulate neurogenesis, the, the creation of new neurons. Exercise does that. Meditation does that. And so, you know, these are ways that you can integrate practices into your daily world that can enhance your learning potential. And by the way, I just want to point out at any age, so it's, it's, it's one of those things. We can actually reverse some of the effects of aging in that sense. You, you all didn't see that because this is a podcast, but she looked at my video when she said <laughs> any age. <laughs> Pay attention, Dana. Pay attention, Dana, any age. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to remember what it's like to get eight hours of blissful sleep. I don't remember what that feels like. But, but I think that is one of the challenges that is going to be faced by companies that are really pushing the return to work and being very restrictive on that because we've just kind of come through two and a half years of working through home where I think most people felt like they had more permission or at least wouldn't get into trouble if they took those walks or did a workout in the middle of the mm -hmm. day, you know, or took a nap took in the nap. middle of the day. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You're hearing a lot too about nonlinear work days. That's another thing, right? So the fact that, again, to your point, Lauren, much of my day, when I actually think of my day, there's times in the early morning where I usually, I, I think I have to start at like 8.30, but I don't really probably technically start till 9, 9.30 because I'm probably just more wandering, really. Or watching not wandering Mando. around the house or yeah, watching, watching Mando or something. But yeah, that that's another thing. The, the other trend I wanted to bring up with you, Lauren, is on, um, so Brandon Hall comes out every year with an HCM report, Human Capital Management Report. And so this year in 2023, one of the things that they said specifically is that one of the big concerns is around, specifically around organizations around retention and, and keeping people. And that's one of the, the challenges. And so when you dig more into that, not just in that report, but across the board, retention is often linked to this holistic employee experience from wellness to learning and all of that. So if I, if I think about retention and I think about your expertise, where does... Where does not only wellness, but like if I think of, of learning development as an individual as part of that talent experience or that employee experience, how is that linked to wellness? Like what could make me a more um, improve my wellness, improve my, uh, my mental well-being, my physical well-being? Like where does that come in? Not just the training development, but the, the fact that I can actually learn and develop and grow in that organization, which again is shown as a a way to retain. So I'm curious, what do you see as that link? I mean, my mind goes in so many different directions. I went right back to your your very first comment about autonomy, you know, just as the, the sheer ability to build the day that you need, you know, and, and your, your organization trusts that you're going to do your job and you're going to do it effectively. And you're going to have that autonomy of, of, of building the schedule that you need. That That's one direction I go. I think retention and, and sustained engagement for an employee has a direct relationship to their perception that they have choice in the matter, mm. um, you know, that they're not just um, bombarded with back to back calls and meetings all day where they don't feel like they have the freedom to take care of their well-being. So I think that, you know, 
gosh, everything from that everyday works work culture. I also think that um, companies, organizations who are a bit more forward thinking and how they're developing their training and learning opportunities to be more thoughtful and intentional about how they deliver them to people. How do you get that information to people? I know, you know, Dana, we've talked so many times about this concept of learning in the flow of work and meeting people at their moment of need to quote, you know, the, the gurus on that, you know, the five moments of need, but um, that's important. That's directly related to wellness because that means I don't have to take time out of my day. I can access instantly the resources and support I need. Maybe it is a topic on stress. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a, a simple sheer tutorial for 30 seconds that I can watch that's accessible and ready for me. Um, that is related to wellness because now you're taking away my worry that I need to remove myself from work or out of that environment in order to learn. And so, you know, now my mind spins in that direction too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just, you know, just, just the message, just the idea that the resources are there, that peace of mind, um, you know, to just as an example, and I'm going, now I'm going on a tangent, but Estee Lauder companies is one of my, my clients. They just released just released a beautiful digital course on uh, energy management and well-being. Just the marketing and communications, the Marcom around that, just pushing that out and saying, we're here, we see you, this is a resource we know you need, and we, we're putting it in a format that we feel like is easily digestible at your pace. I feel like even that message sends the message to an employee that they are cared for and they're heard and we hear you. And so, you know, just the idea that those resources are developed and, and, and that you are, you know, the learning and development team has provided the opportunities to develop those resources to me in and of itself is a retention strategy. So Lauren, I imagine a lot of our listeners as they've been listening are thinking in terms of things that they can do to provide more wellness resources for the people in their span of care. But it's a really stressful time for us in this industry right now, you know, and and so many of our listeners are part of high tech companies, lots of cuts. Those cuts are tending to come in areas like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like ours. Uh, <laughs> so there's, you know, kind of working with the sort of Damocles hanging over the head. And, and, you know, we wind up saying so much to people, to managers, you've got to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help others. How do we as learning people put our own oxygen masks on before we think about rolling these out to other people? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. It is a, it is a very uncertain time for my industry too, for what it's worth. There's lots of budget cuts, lots of layoffs, lots of uncertainty. Again, I feel like we were just here mm-hmm. three years ago. Here right. we are again, you know, and, um, <clears throat> Honestly, Bob, I would say this, whether you were my client or I was on a podcast or I was standing in front of a stage, I think you always have to go back to, a, for one, your 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 why, your, your purpose, your values. I mean, I think that if you are connected to those and you don't forget who and what matters the most, um, what are your core values and how can you make sure you stay in alignment with those in your day to day? worry is a relatively useless emotion. It doesn't get us anywhere. It just keeps us from being in the here and now. I, I say that I am a worry wart, you know, I'm constantly <laughs> thinking about the future, but I'm also um, very intentional about setting reminders 
for example, for myself uh, to, to check in with, hey, what matters most here? Okay, well, it's for me, it's my boys, my teenage boys, my husband, my my family, and, and then showing up at my best in the moments that matter. This is one of those moments, you know, as professionally being here with you all. And so right before I went on this podcast, I took five minutes and I just laid on the floor with my dog and, you know, just breathed. <laughs> and that little moment, as silly as it sounds, it just reconnects me with, hey, how do I want to show up for this for this moment? Um, and, and then after this, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to disconnect and I'm going to go to dinner with my family, you know? So it, I think I'm, it's a roundabout way of saying reconnecting with what matters the most and don't yeah. lose sight of that is very, very important. Uh, there's many other strategies to me, um, tackling them is important, but most important, what I think supersedes that is building the time to do it. So I could tell you to get a healthy snack, have a glass of water, to meditate, to exercise, to ride your bike, Dana, you know, to uh, to get a good <laughs> night's sleep, <laughs> um, to limit your caffeine after 2 p.m., to make sure you stand up and stretch every 90 minutes. I could go on and on and on. These are things that can not just help you learn better, but keep you sane in the midst of uncertainty and chaos. But what is most important is, are you protecting the time for that? Are you having that conversation with your team? Are you all building a day that protects, fiercely protects time for, for rest and recovery? And again, that's not unproductive. You know, this is productive time. It amplifies your performance, but it also helps you stay grounded um, especially in times like this. So if I could give one piece of advice that I wouldn't want anyone to miss, it's take a long, hard look at your calendar. You are the owner and caretaker of your energy. Fiercely protect it and block the time before somebody else does. Because if you don't, someone else will. Yeah. And I'm glad you said the word energy because we've had that conversation a lot too. That Lots of times when people say they don't have the time for something, really, they've got the time. They just don't have the energy. Yep. And, yeah. you know, so keeping that in mind as well, I think is really important. Well, and, and I go back to our discussion a while back when we talked about the book Essentialism mm. and that the word, oh, yeah. the word priority mean, is a single thing. It's not, you know, how many priorities do you have? Right? Priority can only 47 be 47 priorities. Yeah. Right. 47. It doesn't work that way. Great, great book. That, I think I bring up that quote, Dana. Uh, multiple, multiple times a year. <laughs> you know, every time we go through some priority discussion, I, I do bring that up. <laughs> um, but Lauren, you bring up a great point. I, I want to kind of tie back to what you said around purpose. Um, for those that follow me on LinkedIn, probably saw some of the news I shared that our, you know, our group and, and organization went through a round of layoffs. And it was a pretty tough time for five, mm. six weeks of, of being a known and, you know, one, th you know, we had a, quite a few conversations as a team, um, specifically, I, I, I met a lot with individuals and we talked a lot and I talked a lot about, you know, what drives us, what can we do in this uncertainty of, of the, you know, not knowing who may be, you know, may be let go. Uh, we always did tie it back to purpose. So there was always this connection. And I thought one thing that we did really well as a, uh, as a larger team, every day on Slack, we would share something say mm. someone would post something my one of my favorites was uh around spring since it's springtime as we're recording this so what's your picture that reminds you of spring so i always thought that was pretty fun and we did a couple of things but that again grounded you into what you think truly matters and so every mm -hmm. time we did it it was a sense of like that's what really matters that's what gives me joy 
that's what aligns with more of my purpose. So I think those types of little things that may seem little, but really went a long way. I love that idea. And it, you know, what it reminds me of too, is we're all connected in this and we all yeah. have our, our purpose, but we all have a purpose nine times out of 10. When you ask somebody, what's your purpose for life? It's other related, you know, it's, it's some, it's a, usually it's to have some sort of impact on someone or something outside of yourself and not to plug another podcast or anything. Actually, actually, she's not even a podcast, I don't think, anymore. She's just social media. But there's a, there's a, a great friend of mine who used to work for LinkedIn and then Thrive Global. Uh, her name's Stephanie Harrison. She runs The New Happy. You might have seen her on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and Instagram. One of the things she brings up a lot, in, and she has beautiful artwork and, and messages. I highly recommend you check her out. Um, she brings up a lot this idea of, of helping other people. And one of the ideas that she gave me, whether she knows it or not, when I'm feeling really uncertain about the future, I go out and I do something for somebody else. Silly as it sounds, you know, paying for someone's whatever Dunkin' Donuts order behind me or helping somebody to their car or just, you know, complimenting a random person or stranger. It reminds me that my purpose is larger than you know, how many clients I'm going to be carrying for the next quarter, um, or, 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 or to your point, you know, who's going to be here next year? How, how is this organization going to be doing? That is very important, but it just, it just, it just reminds me that, you know, giving back to other people and remembering what I have and to be grateful for that too. It does ground me again in the here and now. And that's really, that's really the most important thing. Yeah. And the connections with people, because when we go through hard times, I think it's, it's a, tendency in the corporate world to keep that to yourself and to keep that within. Mm. And there is a new willingness and openness, I think, that I see for people to share what's really going on with them deep inside with people around them. And you need that connection so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unintended positive consequence, I think, of the pandemic. People are a little bit more vulnerable and open and courageous these days, it seems. Yeah, I was going to bring up that word vulnerable that you brought up, Lauren, and and part of that vulnerability uh, is the ability of a team to to develop trust as well. If you don't have trust, you're not going to have that open vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's because you're having a shared experience, right? Mm-hmm. If 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 nobody on the team knows what's going on, you share that lack of lack of you know what's going on, and you can be more open. Mm. And it starts with leadership, doesn't it? I mean, leadership, having the willingness to be open and vulnerable and courageous themselves gives the permission to the team to do the same. We've been doing a lot of work on, well, well, many of us know this, but a lot of work on apprenticeship, for example. So like based off of the work from the cognitive apprenticeship. And so as we've been teaching this and building skills across the organization, um, you know, we were doing some side work, um, some additional research, which again is, is research that's always been out there around psychological safety, equitable learning, and, and, all, and so all these different things. And one of the things that we talk about apprenticeship is like you need to be non-hierarchical in the way that you mm. create your teams, that we can learn from others and so forth. But what we've learned more and more is like there's what we would call in the hierarchy paradox, where in fact, mm. in order to create non-hierarchical learning, you actually do need hierarchy to establish an equitable and safe <laughs> right. environment. It's kind of funny, but it's a little bit you of a paradox. You need the king to say it's okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. but, it, but it's also, so like it's looking at, you know, senior leaders and leadership to how, how, how are you coming across? How vulnerable are you being? Are you allowing 
individuals to 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 feel safe to to have equal opportunities. So mm-hmm. it is a little bit of a paradox, but we found that interesting, and we're having uh, it, I won't say excitement, but it is kind of fun to talk about that topic because it is like, well, you need non-hierarchy, but at the same time, you need hierarchy, you know, to do it. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> well, and just to tie it full circle, this is a this is a wellness conversation. You know, you're bringing up psychological safety when we're talking about you know, what it means to be well and take care of your body, mind, and spirit isn't part of that when you're talking about that through the lens of an organization, trust, psychological safety, engagement, inclusion, a sense of belonging. I mean, all of these things are directly tied to long-term health, wellness. So I just wanted to make sure, you know, the, the, the parallel is there. It seems, Lauren, that a lot of those can be very brittle unless they're managed effectively by, again, you pointed out leadership, the, the importance of leadership giving license for people to take to take naps in the middle of the day if they need it or or license to step away from complicated projects or giving space for exercise uh it they're also all of those things are so fragile and i also love the point that you made about needing to take ownership for those things clear your schedule make sure that you're taking time yeah. And as and as a leader and organization thinking about do not offer those things unless you're going to actually allow people to use them. You know? yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is one thing to say, this is so important to us. Here's a nap room in your in your building and it's yeah. just vacant because people can't get off their calls. You're 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 understaffed maybe or something, you know, just so many different reasons not it's just be careful with the irony or the, I guess the hypocrisy you should say about offering something, but not really either as a leader doing it yourself or right. there's no capacity for anybody to be able to do mm-hmm. it themselves. And the modeling of the leadership doing it themselves. Exactly. Right? I've, yeah. I've not heard a leader say, you know what, I'm going to go take a 15 minute nap after this call. It'd be, that'd be <laughs> But be. I have had leaders that I've worked with who have said, Hey, you know what? I can't meet till 10. I've got to work out this morning. And that's yeah. just like a beautiful right. thing to hear because you're giving your permission to your team to, to, to do the same and protect that time for themselves. No questions asked, you know, as or long as I'm taking my kids done. to school or something. Yeah. Like that, right. Like, mm-hmm. That's yeah. the human side of things. Right. Exactly. Well, speaking of taking a nap, it's probably about <laughs> nap time already for at least the two old men on this call. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you and Jake, you yeah, and yeah, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> no, fi- five o'clock. Five o'clock is usually when I do want to nap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But you probably shouldn't, because then it's going to wreck your sleep. So, but wow, we covered the we covered the gamut. We talked about physical wellness, mental wellness, spiritual wellness, uh, all great stuff to keep on top of. Lauren Hodges, thank you so much for being here. This is thank great you. to see you again. Thanks, Lauren. You too. It's always yeah. good to connect. Yeah, it's great. And uh, thanks to Dana and Jake. And this is Bob saying, join us next time on the Learning Geeks podcast. And until then, stay geeky, my friends. Jake, you want to add one? Wait, add what? I don't know, some other punchline. No, I'm terrible at that. I'll just say, thanks, everybody. (laughs) This is the way. There you go. That was better. Bye, everybody. everybody. That was was the way. That was the way. way. (laughs) All right, bye now for real, people. See you. Thanks. Bye, Lauren.